Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. But be the man. You gotta beat the man. Ooh, yeah. You got something to Welcome back to another edition of the Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, John, joined as always by my good friend and co-host, Rob. And I am the voice for the voiceless. Indeed, and I suspect you have quite a bit of opinion on the booking for the TLC pay-per-view. I do, and it might not be far off to say that I may just have a pipe bomb. To no, there it is. All right, so uh, TLC, which does not stand for the Learning Channel, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. Uh, unfortunately, we only have one TLC match booked, and it's with two guys that are not high flyers, so uh, I'm guessing we're not going to see the usual fireworks uh, that we're used to with that type of match. Yep, and another thing that we're not going to see, as far <coughs> as it looks right now, is something that they've done in previous years where they've booked tables matches and ladders matches and chairs matches to go along with a TLC. Do you think uh, that's intentional on their part? I mean, are they like trying to distance themselves from some of those wacky match ideas? I'm sure. I'm I'm sure going to hope so because I would rather think that it's intentionally lame than to say that they just forgot to book them or they weren't <laughs> creative enough to figure out a way. Because as we're going to talk about, there's certainly enough in the way of uh, what they could have done to build those types of matches with what we have waiting for us. Yeah, and you've got a couple title matches. Uh, clearly, that could be a ladders match. but Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> All right, so let's jump into it. Uh, the pre-show is going to be Fandango versus Dolph Ziggler, two uh, tweener fan faves almost. Um, I know a lot of people have been upset about what's happened with Ziggler. He's kind of fallen by the wayside since his world title run there. Um, is there anything to say about this? I mean, I guess they're kind of just throwing them both a bone, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, um, uh, you know, I, I haven't looked around to see what uh, the IWC is saying about this. You know, I, I haven't I haven't tried to catch any of the backlash that might be going on on Reddit or mm. you know, any of the numerous forums, but uh, I'm hoping at this point fans are at least realizing that you know, putting a match on the pre-show isn't necessarily a demotion that, you know, they actually target that as something that they know fans want to watch. So they are throwing us a bone. Um, yeah, not not a whole lot to say. I wish there was some kind of stipulation about, you know, perhaps the winner got the United States Championship match or something. But, yeah, yeah certainly not much to say. Yeah, and I agree with you about the pre-show. I mean, it, it's so easy to make the comment that this is a demotion, but really the WWE is putting a lot of emphasis in their internet presence. Uh, and so I don't think they book these matches lightly, and I think they want them to be good. And they have been. I mean, we've seen a, a couple great ones. The Shield versus the Usos a few pay-per-views ago was the best match on the card, probably. Uh, 
so yeah, I don't th I don't see it as a demotion, and you know I don't know if you've heard the scuttlebutt, but they they keep talking about this WWE network um, that's probably going to be internet based, and uh, you know I think something like I think these pre shows that they've been trying to do is is kind of a trial run for some of their future plans with being able to broadcast on the internet. That that could be cool. I'm not quite sure um, how that's all going to play out. Yeah. Um, in terms of being on the internet, but. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll wait and see, and I think this is, you know, an interesting way to see um, how many viewers they can get in that kind of forum. Although I had a mostly, I've had good experiences ordering pay-per-views over the internet, uh, but WrestleMania, I missed the uh, opening match with the Shield. It was very disappointing, but they refunded my my money in full, so that was nice. Excellent. All right. So, uh, do we have a pick for this? I mean, I'm kind of thinking. I'm kind of thinking Ziggler just gets the wind and placate him. I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go with Fandango because I think this is an opportunity to build up a feud between two guys that are currently in the mid-card or upper mid-card, whatever you want to say, mm -hmm. and I think there's some potential for them to interact a bit during the uh, Royal Rumble, and I think... and potentially down the line a little bit, I think they could both be great um, options for holding the Intercontinental Championship, the United States Championship, or an idea that I'd like to talk about next week on uh, the next edition of our show, um, a potential return of the television title in place of the United States Championship. Um, but I think setting up a feud here would be good, and I think you do that by giving Fandango the win. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Um, yeah, I would like to see a, a, an extended feud between the two of them. That's obviously something we've been missing in general, is just having those those lower-card, mid-card feuds uh, continue more than just like a one-off match. Uh, and I think partially with this title unification, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of hoping that these lower card feuds will get some more airtime because now you won't have to deal with two main events. Yeah, and, and you'll certainly have, um, you know, more popular guys to put in those matches. I mean, yeah. for, for as many fans as Santino has, um, if WWE isn't willing to invest in having him get over on guys in matches, then, uh, you know they're not going to invest in his feuds. So if, sure. if you have guys like Ziggler in the, you know, in those mid-card spots, then you have the opportunity for uh, better feuds. All right, so uh, the next match that I'm personally very excited about, uh, I think both these guys are primed to have a big 2014, which is kind of a, a topic we could probably talk about who we think is going to do well in the next year. Maybe we'll do that uh, as New Year's comes up. But uh, we got Biggie Langston defending his Intercontinental title against Damian Sandow, who was the previous Money in the Bank holder, uh, unsuccessful cash-in, kind of feels like they wanted to just get that briefcase off of him. Uh, but luckily, they're immediately putting him in a uh, title match for the Intercontinental, which I always thought, you know, it was a little too soon for him to get the, the world title anyway. Uh, you know, these guys need to have at least the U.S. or Intercontinental, before they get to that that level. So, I mean, do you see this as a big match? Uh, do, you, do you think they're going to continue a feud? Uh, uh, what do you think about this? 
I, I love the way they've built up this match. I think we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast, a little more in-depthly than we'll end up talking about it today. So, you know, people should probably go back and check that out because I, I think that was a pretty interesting segment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do really enjoy um, the way they built this up. I actually do think there's plenty of potential for uh, a feud between these two and and potentially ending up, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in 2015 if these guys tagged up, you know, as a as part of a makeshift tag team when when uh, their feud has run its course. Um, yeah, that would be I think, interesting. I think their styles um, are they would mesh well together. I think um, their their mic talents would work well together. Um, so yeah, I I personally think that uh, that this is is. You know, a fairly big match, and I, I know you do too, specifically because of how you feel about the guys. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both uh, they both have big futures, uh, particularly Big E. I mean, he's he's still pretty young and clearly has a good look, and uh, it's been very good on the mic. I I do wish that they would give them both time to cut promos on each other. Um, I mean, they've done this thing where they put them on uh, the broadcast, you know, the uh, the announcing table. Uh, which is, I guess it's okay, but, you know, I really miss those old days of a guy standing in the ring talking about the upcoming match and, uh, you know, how much he dislikes the dude or whatever they're going to say. Uh, and these are two guys that would be perfect for it, and they just yeah. don't do it. I would love to see Damian Sandow get in the ring with a mic in hand standing across from Big E, and they talk a little bit of smack back and forth, and yeah. Damian Sandow actually puts his fingers, you know, and kind of pushes... Big E a little bit with his fingers, kind of like you know digging in a little bit. Mm-hmm. He just gets shoved over backwards. I think that would be a great addition to this. Yeah. The build could have been better, but uh, I, I think we've got something good here. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean it's just you know it's one of those many gripes that we all have with the WWE these days that they don't take advantage of some of the opportunities they have. But nonetheless, we have these two in a match. Um, I think they're the right choices. I think. Uh, getting Axel away from the Intercontinental title is a good idea. Uh, so what do we see here? Do we think Big E uh, retains? Uh, what do you th- feel about this? I'm actually going to go with Damian Sandow because typically I'm in favor of long uh, title reigns. But I think if you get into a situation where Damian Sandow wins the belt now, then Big E's had it for over a month. Then you go into the uh, Royal Rumble pay-per-view. Then you can continue their feud. I just I feel like that would help solidify this as a good feud and something that uh, people can really enjoy. I really I don't know I I don't see a whole lot of advantages to uh, to Big E keeping the belt going through this pay-per-view, but I don't know perhaps uh, you see things differently maybe. Yeah, and I guess I think we briefly talked about this last show that uh, you could see them kind of carrying on in the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, having some sort of confrontation during the Rumble match itself, uh, which I agree with. I hope they continue a feud, and yeah, I think in order for that to work, I think you're on the right track that uh, Damien's got to win, because otherwise it's just a one-off and it doesn't mean anything, or at least it would come off that way. It, it would be hard to continue their feud, and, and I hope it does. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and predict Damien as well. Okay. Uh, I think it's time for him to get the gold. You know, he's been he's been in the 
in the WWE for what a year and a half now, a little more than that probably. He premiered right after WrestleMania 28, I believe. Uh, so yeah, it's it's time for him. It's time for Ryback too to have some some uh, some gold. Maybe we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I think it's I think he's due. Big E's already leapfrogged him. That's that's not cool in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So I'm picking Sand now. All right. Let's move on to a non-title match. Uh, one of the two handicap matches on the card. Uh, we got Daniel Bryan versus the Wyatt family. Uh, very good SmackDown. I don't know if you watched. Um, he had a, I guess it was a one-on-one with Eric Rowan. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, a really cool sequence where he, you know, went for the flying knee to uh, Wyatt in the wheelchair or in the uh, rocking chair. Yeah, kind of knocked him over backwards. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh crap! Did he just do that? Did did the chair break or anything like that? I was I was impressed with the spot. Yeah. Um, certainly been interesting. You know, I, I personally have my own little gripes about uh, the way they've done this. You know, them carrying him off. I think we talked about that last show and yeah. how it didn't didn't pay off as well. Um, absolutely, some good uh, promo work from uh, Bray Wyatt in this. Um, some good matches between Daniel Bryan and uh, and the cronies. You know, and I noticed an interesting change in the promo because uh, they had the match to open SmackDown, right? And then later on, they had uh, Bray Wyatt kind of a backstage kind of, you know, their little, you know, whatever dungeon they're in kind of promo. Right. Uh, and he, all the time leading up to this, had been talking about uh, let me show you the way, you know, they, they don't want you to succeed, all this kind of stuff, join me. And then that promo to close out SmackDown and, you know, the go-home show, I guess, so to speak, he starts talking about how uh, he was wrong, you know? He's like, I, I believed in you or whatever he was saying. So he's completely doing a 180 about uh, wanting to bring Daniel Bryan in, and I wonder if that's... I wonder if they wanted it to go that way or if they've decided to change course. Uh, you know, I, the kind of reactions Daniel Bryan's been getting over the last couple of weeks uh, in the midst of this title unification and how the fans clearly want to see him in that match. Right. I wonder if they've changed courses with the Wyatts. I mean, do you think that's possible? Oh, I definitely think it's possible. I think, I think it's very possible that uh, Monday night after Raw, uh, Triple H or Steph or somebody went to... Uh, you know, the bookie agent for the Wyatt family, Daniel Bryan feud and said, look, I know we were thinking about turning Daniel Bryan heel or, you know, playing shades of gray on that. But after what we saw with all those world champions in the ring, we really can't, we really can't do that. So we're going to have to figure out something else for the Wyatt family to do coming off of this pay-per-view. Yeah. I mean, he's getting, He's getting shine from the crowd over Bret Hart, over Shawn Michaels, over Mick Foley, over Booker T, over everybody. I mean, it's it's impressive. Yeah, and, uh, and grant, granted, that show was in Seattle. Right. But it would have happened anywhere, though. Yeah. He's been getting that kind of reaction everywhere. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you have an idea about this match that you would have liked to have seen. Well, I, you know, I talked about at the top of the show that uh, they missed the opportunity. Um, that involves chairs matches and tables matches and ladders matches in this pay-per-view, aside from just the John Cena match. And I thought this would have been a perfect opportunity for a chairs match or a tables match 
any idea that, uh, you know, if Bray Wyatt really did want to, to help Daniel Bryan show that he was this monster and, you know, that he has this wicked side, he could have asked for this to be a, been a chairs match or a tables match and said, look, we're not going to use chairs. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to go that route. If you want to beat us, you can use the chairs. But in doing so, you'll be crossing a line and you'll be becoming the villain. So you're either going to lose to us three on one or you're going to beat us with the help of a chair showing that you're basically the same as us. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surprised I actually thought you were going to mention uh, the connection with the rocking chair. Um, I don't know exactly how you would <clears throat> work that in, you know, but but it does lend itself, you know, if, if uh, Bray Wyatt's well, known to have a chair, then we could, you could see him get smashed over the head with his rocking chair. Yeah. And <laughs> you that, know, I mean, that that'd be a great a... spot. Or you could have a situation where uh, after the match, Daniel Bryan you know, maybe puts uh, Bray Wyatt in the chair and then leaps off the ring apron and smashes him through the chair. I mean, I would love to see a spot where he picks up the chair and smashes it over somebody, but uh, that <laughs> yeah. unless they uh, trick the hell out of the chair, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think that could be really cool. Um, but I think, you know, it's just it's a missed opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope that they made a conscious decision not to include... A tables match, a tables match, and a chairs match. I'm gonna hope that's why it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I, I think there's got to be a conscious decision here because it's just too weird that they didn't take advantage of, you know, especially that intercontinental match that we just talked about. That should be a ladder match. You know, I don't, I don't see why it's not. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, with this one and with the way the storyline has gone recently, I've, I've got Daniel Bryan winning and. Distancing himself from the from the Wyatts. What um, do you see? Yeah, see, I, I'm I'm having trouble predicting this one because uh, I have a stronger feeling on the other three on one. Um, so I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Daniel Bryan just because it does seem like they've maybe changed course a little bit and that they're going a, a different direction. So uh, yeah, I'll I'll go that route. Yeah, and uh, in order for him to be the potentially favorite to win the Royal, Royal Rumble, uh, I think he's got to win this match. You know, that's that's another great point. I, it's it's something I hadn't considered, but uh, yeah, I, th I think you want him strong going into the Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah, because uh, he has to be. If not the winner, he's got to be in the discussion to win it. Uh, it wouldn't make any sense to have him going in weak. All right. Now we've got what I thought was an exciting uh, booking for you, the tag team four-way, fatal four-way, uh, with the Rhodes family as the champions versus Rybaxel, Mysterio and Show, and the Real Americans. And by the way, Real Americans are doing good work. Oh, absolutely. I love their shtick. I mean, with the, the running down to the ring with the flags and throwing them into the ring at the same time. And now they have... Uh, you know, like track suits with their name on them. I don't yep. know if you noticed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's one thing that I always uh, I always say that makes a tag team is the fact that they uh, they need a team name, which the Real Americans do, and they need matching attire, which yep. they do. And um, they've and they've got a 
you know, a, a manager that just spits hot fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, especially because he's changing up his, uh, his shtick a little bit. Yeah. And honestly, the real Americans being in this match is, uh, is what keeps me from being really frustrated about it. Yeah. So why don't you tell me, uh, what kind of rubs you the wrong way? What did you wish they would have done differently? Well, there's no stipulation about it, right? It's just a four-way tag match on a pay-per-view that uh, leads itself to having tables and ladders. I mean, you could have had either one of those matches. Like, maybe a team gets eliminated once their guy goes through a table. Also, the fact that two of the, two of the best tag teams... Well, I'll go ahead and I'll say three of the best tag teams on the roster are not included in this match. You have the Shield, who are off doing something else, and the Shield have been in the tag division for a very long time. They would instantly make this match significantly more credible. You also have the Wyatt family, who have been tearing it up, even though they've been kind of doing things in support of, uh, of Bray Wyatt. They've been tearing it up in the tag division. They should be in this match, but... Nope, WWE decided, no, nah, we want to we want to waste those teams by putting them in, in crazy three-on-one matches. And then you have the primetime players yep. who are easily one of the most popular teams on the roster. They're one of the best teams on the roster, and they're actually deserving of a title run, and they're not included. Yeah, you know, but... And I agree with you. Obviously, that's disappointing. We've got some really strong teams that aren't included, but you know what you're saying there is we've got a strong tag division. We we do, and and if Rey Mysterio and Big Show keep up their uh, their alliance, if they keep up their tag team, that's something that I'm really going to enjoy because I've always enjoyed the tag teams where there's a dynamic where the two guys have different skill sets. That's why I always love Big Show to be in a tag team with somebody because it's typically not going to be someone like Kane or Great Kali that has a similar move set. Isn't it a little off-putting, though, when Rey Mysterio like, jumps into his arms? A little bit, yeah. I just, I, mean, I don't want to see that. Yeah, it, I, <laughs> I, I just want to hear uh, Big Show call him Little Buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Just yeah. pat him on the head. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, my ideal four-way would have been, uh, yeah, the players, obviously the Rose, the primetime players, uh, Real Americans. And I'm not, I I don't hate Rybaxel. I kind of, uh, I kind of feel like they might have a shot to win this, which is one of the reasons they're in it. Yeah. Uh, but I would have liked to see the Usos. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been very good, very exciting. They've really put on top-quality matches at the last few pay-per-views they've been involved in. Uh, the Shield, uh, I'm kind of over that. You know, I think they had their run. I'm looking forward to, to where they go from here. Um, although I could certainly see them continuing as a tag team if, like, Dean Ambrose splits off. But, but for right now, I'm, I'm okay with them being out of this match. Uh, and, and just kind of letting some other guys take a shot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I probably would have booked some combination of Daniel Bryan and CM Punk together right. against the Shield. Um, it, my my only problem with with Ryback is that 
they've had a couple of matches together, but there's there hasn't been anything to make you think that they're contenders. And Rey Mysterio and Big Show, they might have had a couple of tag matches together and maybe a couple a couple of years ago, but I would have rather seen Ryback and Curtis Axel against the Usos in one of the unscheduled matches on the card as, you know, however they're going to set up next month's tag match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so do you see a title change taking place? Uh, we've got a very risky situation for our uh, intrepid champions here. Uh, normally, this is an easy way to get the title off them without the, having them actually lose. Uh, but do you see any of these three opponents being worthy enough to put a title on? Honestly, I could see any of the three teams getting the belts, and I would be, I would be okay with any of the th- the other three teams getting the belts. Um, you know, it's it's not an ideal situation. I definitely agree that this is the type of situation that makes it easy to take the belts off of uh, two guys. And quite honestly, I, you know, I don't want Goldust's run in WWE to be over just yet. So. I don't want to predict that they're going to lose the belts. Um, and honestly, based on the way WWE books things, they probably won't. But to make a prediction, I'll go with the real Americans winning. All right. I like that call. I would not be upset with that outcome. Um, yeah, and, and this, man, if this had been a TLC match, oh, just, you know, the amount of excitement you could have. But... Yeah, and I, and I think the reason that it's I think the reason that it's not a TLC match is because they're afraid that it would uh, it would get uh, it it would be it would turn out to be better than the John Cena Randy Orton yeah, match. Exactly right. It would upstage it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, despite what I said about this being an easy way to take take the title off, and I agree with you, I would love to see the real Americans. Um, have the belts. I think they're just a really solid team. Uh, I know a lot of people are, you know, kind of the scuttlebutt is that they want Cesaro to break off and uh, have his singles run, but I don't think that needs to happen just yet. I think they're doing fun, uh, but I think the roads are keeping this, and I think it's partially for the reason you stated that I don't think Goldust's run is over yet. Um, I think the roads carry this. They go into the Royal Rumble. There's no tag match on that card, and then maybe they possibly lose it at Elimination Chamber. Uh, but I think this is all. The whole point of this tag team is uh, to build up Cody Rhodes, uh, who's probably going to be one of my picks for 2014. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with the Rhodes. Well, I I got real, and you hit the Rhodes. Yep. So works out. <laughs> nice. All right, so. The second handicap match, um, which should be a really solid event, I think. Um, We've got CM Punk versus The Shield, and we keep seeing little hints of uh, dissent among The Shield. Uh, Dean Ambrose kind of acting like he can do it on his own, getting in their way, holding up a belt, you know, whatever. Uh, They actually walked away from his match that he had with CM Punk couple shows ago. Uh, so, you know, and then we also have this new dynamic with CM Punk kind of going toe-to-toe with Triple H, uh, calling him out, saying he's kicking a hornet's nest, and uh, 
obviously the interaction they had at the end of Raw. So, <clears throat> where do you see this going? Uh, is this building to another storyline, or you know, are we potentially just seeing this as an opportunity to maybe have the Shield break up? Uh, what do you think they're going to go with? I think you're going to see further dissension between the members of the Shield. I think you're going to uh, have CM Punk prove to be uh, a cerebral assassin, as it were, where he's going to he's going to take the information that he's kind of figured out based on uh, watching their matches and watching them together. And I think he's going to find a way to win this match. And I don't think we're going to get a breakup on this pay-per-view because personally I think uh, having them yell at each other leading up to Royal Rumble and then potentially have an opportunity where Dean Ambrose could eliminate somebody from the Royal Rumble like uh, yeah. Seth Rollins. Right. I think that's the perfect opportunity to uh, to make something snap like that right in the middle of the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of the Rumble is that you get those opportunities. So yeah, I could I could definitely see them going in that direction with this. Uh, so do you think uh, you think Punk comes out on top, and and do you think uh, there's any there's any reference or interference or some sort of you know, maybe Triple H coming to ringside. I mean, did you see any of any of the authority kind of touching this match at all? Honestly, I think it's going to be a situation where after the bell rings, Triple H is going to have his hand raised and either on his way back to the locker room or once he gets backstage... You mean CM Punk? Yeah, who did I say? You said Triple H. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. CM Punk. Freudian slip. CM Punk is going to have his hand raised. Yeah. He's either on his way back to the uh, back up the ramp, or once he gets backstage, I think he's going to see Triple H, or we're going to see Triple H's reaction. And I, I think that's all leading up to uh, CM Punk's potential to be the uh, the favorite in the Rumble. So. Ah, uh, yeah, good call. Yeah, I think they definitely they have to take advantage of the opportunity to make Punk and Brian both uh, strong contenders to win the Rumble. I think uh, because clearly between Cena and Orton, you know, those are the two main eventers right now. And outside of them, you've got Brian and Punk. I mean, they have to be in that discussion. Otherwise, the Rumble is just going to be kind of meaningless. Yep, and uh, pull back the curtain a little bit. Um, I'm I'm getting set for a discussion with you, John, uh, to have another special show uh, geared up for you know sometime before uh, Royal Rumble, where we uh, where we talk about our ideal road to WrestleMania. Nice. And uh, I think Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. I have a big idea for how that uh, could potentially play out, and it's something that uh, longtime fans might be a little familiar with. And I won't go into that now, but uh, I have a strong feeling about it. So, All right. So um, before we wrap this one up and make our predictions, you had an idea about this should have been a tables match? Yeah, I thought that would have been a perfect opportunity, you know, um, for the authority to say, okay, CM Punk, look, I know that uh, you're in a three-on-one match, and I know that, uh, you know, this might not seem fair, so here's, here's how it's going to go down. You know, you can put one of them through a table, or they can put you through a table, and whoever does that first wins. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're right, because that's an easy way for, you know, one man to be three guys and have it believable. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I think it would have been very easy in the build-up to this match to have one of those guys put CM Punk through a table. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so especially I, with that powerbomb situation they do. Oh, yeah. So uh, it sounds like you're going with Punk, though. You talked about his hand being raised. Is that your pick? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I... Uh, this is why I was having trouble picking Dean O'Brien because in the other match, because I, I have such a strong feeling that CM Punk is going to win this match, uh, just based off of everything he said. You know, him being in there um, in the the bowels of the uh, arena the other week, uh, cutting that promo. It was either SmackDown or Raw this week. Yeah. Uh, how, how about you? Do you have a strong feeling about that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Punk has got to win. Um, I think. I think it's obvious that um, we need to have Punk and Brian be strong going into the Rumble, and I think it's part of the reason they're in these handicap matches. Uh, although it seems like lazy booking, I think it's certainly a way to make them as strong as possible, um, that they each win their own match instead of being teamed up. Uh, so I think that, yeah, they have to be strong going into the Rumble. Punk has to win. I, it doesn't make sense in my head for this to be a Shield win. And... Uh, yeah, I'd like to see some more dissension among the Shield. I'd like to see them uh, confront each other during the Rumble. So, yeah, I think this has to be Punk. Excellent. All right. So, uh, we've got two more matches on the card. The AJD, who is or something, uh, she's inching up the all-time list. Inching. <laughs> Not a reference to her height at all. Right. And uh, going against Natalia, who was uh, really well done up on, on Friday Night SmackDown, I must say. Yeah, uh, I, I think now that they, uh, they've they got her as one of, part of the focus of Total Divas, I think they have to they have to start doing things like uh, like that. Like I'm going to say she's, she's not, not typically a uh, dress and makeup type of girl, but... <laughs> Right. They had her decked out. And, uh, yeah, so you got these tie-ins with the Total Divas. Natalia's the obvious choice to uh, go against AJ Lee. Do you see the uh, title reign coming to an end? I don't. Um, I think I think it's going to continue. I, um, I, haven't, I haven't figured uh, any reason for uh, somebody else to be the one holding that belt. Um, I guess Natalia is making an emotional play. You know, they just had the episode where uh, they had to put her cat down, and uh, oh yeah, you've been uh, you've been keeping up. You know, <laughs> there were a couple of episodes on, so yeah. I uh, I inadvertently tuned in. Uh, I, I think I, I told think you that... last week. I tried to watch again, and as soon as they showed Eva Marie, I just had to turn it off. Can't watch it. Well, you know, there's a big episode coming up where uh, she tells her family that uh, she got engaged, and her dad is not happy about it. So, uh, yeah. sad episode, because, uh, you know, she's off the market for those of us who uh, oh, yeah. who get the steamies for her. That's know. horrible. All <laughs> right, so you're picking AJ to retain. I'm on the same boat. Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised she's kept it this long, but she's a very strong champion. Um, although, you know, I predicted her to lose a couple times and now I'm predicting her to win so I could see them going the other way. I mean, it really wouldn't be that much of a shock. Yeah, I mean, especially with how they're, how they're uh, placing Natalia into a uh, the empathetic favorite. 
Yeah. And, then, you know, honestly, it lends itself to having a rematch at the Rumble, since they're obviously not going to be in the Rumble match. There's going to be a Divas <laughs> Championship match. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to Antalya. I changed my mind last Oof. second. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm glad you did that, because I almost did that. So. Uh, yeah, I just convinced so, myself. Yeah. All right, that's enough Divas talk. Two minutes too much. Our main event of the evening is the TLC match. Uh, tables, ladders, and chairs, which they never actually say. Right. Which leads you to wonder. But anyway, we got John Cena against Randy Orton. We've got the two world championships uh, tied to the hook or whatever, hoisted above the ring during Raw, during SmackDown. They keep saying this is the last time you'll ever see these two titles. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about this is an opportunity to just do a flip and put the WWE title on John Cena and have Randy Orton grab a title at the same time and he has the world title. Um, but then, you know, they've been really building this up with the old footage of past champions. They had, you know, all the royalty in the ring there to close out Raw. So they are kind of making a big deal out of this in the way that you would suspect they would if they were really going to unify them. So my big question to you, before we get to who we think is going to win, is do you think this is a unification? Are they going to do this? Yeah, I, I think they've played it up too much that there's just going to be one champion. You know, in the two big segments where they've talked about this, Triple H and Stephanie have said there's going to be one champion coming out of this. And I think they're really trying to convince us that you need to tune in because we are unifying them on this pay-per-view. I mean, they even had the WWE app where they had the poll. You know, he Triple H called it the champion of champions. Mm. I, I think I think they're going to pull the trigger, and I think uh, essentially the World Heavyweight Championship is going away. Yeah, that really feels like it to me as well. And you know what's interesting is I, the last uh, couple shows, I think I said something about it. It seemed odd that they were going to do this in December, you know, like kind of a throwaway pay-per-view. Like, why would you do that? Why not save it for WrestleMania 30, the show of all shows? Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, when Jericho united the titles 12 years ago, it took place in December as well. Uh, and I guess Vengeance was the pay-per-view. So, you know, they didn't do it at WrestleMania that time. So right. I guess there's precedent for them to do this on a, on a lower-name pay-per-view. Uh, but, you know... That also brings me to the point that why didn't we get a tournament? You know, why didn't we get a, two matches to decide who's going to face off in the final match? I don't know. I mean, that's the way they did it last time, and I thought it added something because you gave Chris Jericho the chance to say that he beat uh, two, you know, top tier, uh, two top tier guys in the same night. Um, yeah, that's the thing we all remember, right? Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know why they didn't uh, they didn't do that, except for the fact that um, you know if their ultimate goal is to have John Cena get the uh, become the champion of champions, then what's he going to say? Oh yeah, I beat these two guys again in the same night. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get that, but we do. You know, we really do have <clears throat> the two biggest names aside from, I guess, Triple H and Lesnar of the last decade uh, facing off. So, you know, despite 
the blandness of Orton. Uh, you know, I think John Cena is doing fantastic work lately. Uh, I mean, that promo he cut on Randy Orton is one for the ages. I mean, did you see it that way as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're doing a great job, whether it's John Cena or the WWE production crew. They've been doing a great job of, of building this up to be, you know, not just a match where two guys that have championships are facing off. But, I mean, they're saying these two guys have history together. They, you know, they have similar backgrounds. You know, they're both highly credible guys. And this is a huge match. It's not just that uh, they're the top two guys in the business today because you could easily make the the case for uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan being uh, just as good, if not better, than Randy Orton and possibly John Cena. Um, but And I won't say that they're flashing the pan, but, you know, if you, like you were saying, if you go back a decade and look, John Cena and Randy Orton are, you know, the, the guys that had the history. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, and it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, personally, I just, I feel like Cena and Punk is such a better matchup, but, you know, they just don't have the kind of history that would lend itself to this kind of epic title unification matchup of, you know, two guys that have battled each other for supremacy for so long. So it, it makes sense in that case. Um, but before we get to our predictions shortly, um, what did you think of that closing segment of Raw? I mean, there's a lot of people saying that's really the best close we've seen probably since the pipe bomb. Oh, absolutely. And I was actually uh, messaging you after I watched it because I, I went back. Uh, I had some, some issues with my television on Monday night, so I had to go... I had to go back and watch it uh, Tuesday, and I was messaging you saying we absolutely need to talk about the end of uh, Raw because it was amazing because you had the perfect moment where Randy Orton, you know, got knocked down by Triple H because of, you know, how he had knocked out Stephanie inadvertently or whatever. And the first thing he sees when he opens his eyes are the authority standing there with John Cena and I think this is definitely a topic we need to talk about when, we, when we're talking about uh, who we think is going to win because there's the potential that uh, the authorities' new chosen champion is John Cena. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, they could have just been leading us down the wrong path the whole time with the Randy Orton, and, you know, it's really obvious that the face of the company is, is and always has been John Cena. Right. Uh, but, you know, about the end of Raw itself, I mean, what a tremendous sequence. You know, you have uh, you have Punk going up to Orton, Orton pushing him, right? And then you have Triple H pulling Punk off. So all of a sudden you got Triple H and Punk laying hands on each other, which we've suspected they might eventually. Right. Punk turns around, nails Triple H. Shawn Michaels, in a callback to defending Triple H before with Daniel Bryan, fucking super kicks CM Punk, which is fantastic. Yep. A- and then spot. Daniel Bryan gets his revenge on Shawn Michaels with the flying knee. I mean, yep. what a great way to tie in so many different events. And then, <clears throat> you know, you get uh, Orton going for the RKO and Daniel Bryan. Bryan finally gets over on Orton a little bit by shoving him into Stephanie McMahon. And now, obviously, you got this whole storyline with sure. Orton being on the outs. But I just think, you know, being able to use Shawn Michaels in that sequence uh, was really cool. 
uh, it shows that, you know, they weren't going to just forget about that, you know, because he put Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Bryan put him in the uh, yes lock, right? And, we, and then we never saw Shawn Michaels again. Right, the, uh, so, the role after uh, the big turn. Yeah, so you just kind of figured, like, all right, I guess they're just dropping that idea, but nope. <laughs> Daniel Bryan gets another knee in on him. So yeah. that, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, go ahead. I, I think... Uh, I think Shawn Michaels and uh, what we saw at the end of Raw and what we saw the Raw back uh, when he turned on Daniel Bryan, I think Shawn Michaels could play into uh, what I am going to talk about uh, in that special show on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <clears throat> I wonder if the Heartbreak Kid's going to get back in the ring. You never know, and he may or may not have a tag team partner. Yeah, plus we got Hogan... Uh sneaking around, so we'll see see what we predict for that. Yeah. Alright, so we've got the unification. Uh, we saw the Legends in the ring. I think we're both agreeing that it looks like they're going to unify the titles. I'll go ahead and make my prediction first, since you've gone first on a lot of these. Sure. I'll say I'll say that Cena gets it. Uh, I don't see the heel turn that, you know, they're kind of... I think that's just like a red herring that's just to distract us from, you know, what's really going on. I, I think he just proves that he's the champion. Um, and from there, we get to see the Royal Rumble, who's going to challenge him at WrestleMania 30. Right. I think that's just the way it is. Uh, John Cena's the guy. He has to be in the main event. Uh, so I think he's winning. Yeah, and... I think we've talked about a few times that uh, WWE over the past few months with John Cena out, you know, they didn't they didn't really seem to uh, to buy into the idea of giving Daniel Bryan the championship. They uh, they held it in abeyance a little while, and some of the talk was that they were thinking that Daniel Bryan wasn't necessarily somebody they could bank on, but I think. Rather that Randall K. Orton is the guy they've they've figured out is not a face of WWE. Yeah, I think over the past couple months they tried to see whether or not he was a guy that could uh, move the number if he could uh, help get buy rates. I think they figured out that he's not, and I think um, this storyline is playing out a little bit how it is behind the scenes where you're finding out that. Randy Orton got the shot to be a face, and it just didn't work. I think there's going to be a very interesting angle. I, I also, my prediction is that John Cena will win the belt because, first of all, because, uh, you know, I think the past couple of years they've really been trying to give another feather in John Cena's cap. Yeah. I think a lot of people were predicting that John Cena would go against The Undertaker and end the streak. Oh, man, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. That's a discussion for the road to WrestleMania. Yeah. But I think with him beating The Rock last year, it, uh, or I guess at this year's WrestleMania, I think that's one feather in his cap. I think becoming this unified champion of champions is another feather in his cap. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to create an interesting situation where the authority is standing there saying, okay, John Cena, you're our guy. And he's like, you know, I'm not a corporate stooge. I'm not your guy. And they're like, look, we're not trying to interfere in your matches. 
but you're our guy. And it creates a little tension there. And, you know, I, I think it's going to turn into a really interesting angle. Yeah, I, and I was kind of uh, talking along those same lines uh, when we did our WrestleMania preview about it seems like they're trying to give John Cena these highlight career moments uh, where he beats a legend like The Rock. Uh, and, yeah, this is another one of those. Uh, this is going to make for, you know, 30 minutes on the eventual John Cena anthology DVD. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, it's it really seems like he's he's got to be the guy. And, and to your point also about Randall Keith Orton, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just there's just no way he's the face of the company. I mean, it's just it's comical. Uh, really, one of the weakest periods they've ever had uh, with as far as pay per view buys with him headlining. So, yeah, you know, but I do find it interesting that you know if John Cena gets the clean victory after that promo he cut on Randy Orton, I mean, talk about just falling apart. <laughs> I mean, right, he's just right. gonna be like nothing after this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's gonna be very similar to what happened to Booker T when he lost to uh, Triple H at WrestleMania a few years ago. It's gonna be, you know, you were talked about the, of not being in the class of being in the main event, and uh, here here it comes. You lose the match, and you're done. Yeah. Totally. Although, you know, that just kind of leads itself to having him in uh, the Rumble being a contender to get his revenge, you know, if he wins. So I guess that does beg the question, though, if we uh, – I think we're both picking Cena. Are you picking Cena? Absolutely. All right. So we agree on that. Do you see uh, there being a title match at the Rumble? And who would that be? Oof. Um, I feel like you definitely have to do that. Yeah, I mean, but who would be in line? Um, you know, because it's Royal Rumble, I think you have the opportunity to give the shot to someone who maybe isn't in the top tier. Um, they did that uh, a few times um, in the history of WWE. Um, mm -hmm. Certainly I was happy with Razor Ramon getting a title shot against Bret Hart, but I think at the time you wouldn't say that Razor Ramon was – Necessarily a top challenger. I mean, I'm going all you know back what 20 years with that to '93, but no, I guess yeah. 21 years at this point. But um, just looking through the guys who would have the potential for the shot, obviously we wouldn't get it to Daniel Bryan or uh, CM Punk. Um, Del Rio. Wow, I would I would hate for that to be the case. Um, He's the easiest one to crowbar in there as a heel. I don't know. You know who I would like to see come back as a heel and get the shot? Maybe, yeah. Uh, would be Sheamus. Yeah, yeah. Celtic Warrior. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see him as a heel. I, I suspect he's going to be a surprise Rumble entrant. But yeah. Either way. Yeah, but if, yeah. if, I mean, would, if he's not going to win the Royal Rumble, I think uh, this would be a great spot for him to return. And I know that... Uh, I know that you... Uh, you didn't necessarily see some of uh, what Sheamus did as a heel. It's been a little while. Um, but, yeah, I think it's perfect time for him to come back and do that. What about a returning Brock Lesnar? Oh, Lord. Um, you know. Off TV for a little bit. 
you know, we maybe talked comes back with a vengeance with the the uh, the monster. Perhaps, and uh, you know, that's kind of what kind of what he did last year is that uh, he came in for a pay per view, left for a little while, came back for a pay per view, left for a little while, and uh, what better situation for Paul Heyman to return to if mm-hmm. Ryback and Curtis Axel are the new tag team champions? Well, I think they're done. I think they they've already had a couple little promos where they both said they didn't need Heyman anymore and all this. So I don't know if they're going to reconnect. Yeah, and I think I think there was some talk that uh, that Paul Heyman decided that they were no longer Paul Heyman guys, but they could easily flip the switch on that and uh, and we end up with something different. But either way, Brock sure. Lesnar could return with or without Paul Heyman, and even if Paul Heyman returns. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to reconnect with Ryback and Curtis Axel. Yeah. All right. So as we go out with some uh, primetime players music, uh, let's touch on a couple uh, housekeeping items here that you wanted to to mention about the pay per view and some some matches that you would have liked to have seen. Yep. So uh, there's yeah the first one on your list, Kofi versus The Miz. Yeah, I mean that's very obvious. He gave him the skull crushing finale on SmackDown. And this is a weird little feud because, you know, the Miz like uh, walked away from their tag match, right? And then they yep. had a pay per view match, and then they like made up. Yep. And then he turned on him again. Yep. So it's like, why, why do it twice? I, it's like they changed their mind and then changed it back. Yeah, it's a frustrating uh, feud. I would, I would have liked to have seen uh, some chair shots or somebody get thrown through a table backstage or something. Yeah. Uh, would have been a perfect opportunity. I, I I certainly wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the matches that they end up booking because right now we've got six matches on the pay-per-view and one on the pre-show. You know they're going to book another one. That's one I thought they might book. Yeah. Uh, and I I think you wrote a note down there that uh, you suspect it, they might just throw it in there anyway. Yep. Yeah, I do too. All right, so... Uh, the next one on the list here, we got Brodus Clay, Xavier Woods. Again, yeah, something they've put some effort into. And you would suspect that uh, they would go ahead and throw that on the card. And I, I guess, I mean, are we seeing uh, Brodus try to break off and be some sort of monster heel here? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, for those the people that are watching Total Divas, I would, I'd be uh, interested to see what people think about, uh, you know, they had uh, Trinity, you know, talk about uh, potentially uh, having a love interest I don't know if this was part of the feud or you know a replacement for the feud lot to see yeah yeah Uh, that would be interesting certainly Xavier Woods Uh, then we got Sin Cara versus Del Rio another opportunity that they might be missing although you know Del Rio apparently got a concussion from the uh, powerbomb off the uh, top rope that, that they did Yep. So, so yeah, they probably won't do that match, but uh, it's a nice little, nice little feud they've started building, and uh, I think now that they have a different guy back under the mask of Sin Cara, I think we're going to see big things from him. Um, yeah, and it, it was it was really odd what they did on SmackDown, where they just replayed that match from Raw, and uh, then they obviously to not have Del Rio wrestle, they just had the Miz take out Kofi as he came to the ring. All right, so uh, and finally. We've got uh, 
the non-inclusion of the primetime players. I think we both agree as we listen to their fantastic theme song that uh, that's a big botch. Yep, they should should have been on the pay-per-view. I hope they uh, do big things in the Royal Rumble. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully it's more than just throwing up on uh, in JBL's hat <laughs> and Zeb Coulter. All right. Well, that's our uh, that's our TLC preview. We've got what three disagreements we disagreed on fandango ziggler Rhodes, and real americans and then uh italian aj but uh, i think we both suspect we're gonna see unification i don't know we'll see if they throw us a curveball you gonna order it or uh you know watch after the fact well, i'll absolutely be tuning in nice all right man well we'll see how it goes all right later This is simply the best